I like was doing stretches and I think I pulled something in my, what is this? What is this muscle? Arm. <laughs> Arm muscle. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs center. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hi. Hello. Hey. Welcome to this podcast. Yeah. Not another podcast. It's this one. It's this one. We're going to do this one. You thought you were listening to a different podcast? You're not. You're not. Your thumb accidentally clicked on this. Welcome. Stay a while. <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um, uh, <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. 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 You are. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. You All know, right. hanging in there. Plugging along. Sure. Um, anything you want to talk about before we get into it this week? <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think you, you have any topics at the top. I don't think I have any. I do. <gasps> I love I, that. I want to... Give a quick shout out. Shout out. And a thank you. Bow, bow, bow. To my co-host, Liza Poor. Uh-oh, you fooled me. <laughs> no, um, but for, it's, this is movie related because for my birthday mm. last week, uh, my big gift was um, an Alfred Hitchcock jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> which is true. It's no. not just a jigsaw puzzle. It's, it's a mystery. Yes. So got that. But my bigger gift was uh, a trip to the movie theater. Now, we live in hell. Um, so the movie theaters are open and the schools are closed. Uh, and is it bad? It's bad. It's bad. But while we're here, let's take advantage. So what Liza was able to do was for my birthday, rent out an entire theater, not the entire building, but just like one theater in the AM, the local AMC. Yeah. And select a movie. Mm-hmm. And we went and we watched a movie in a movie theater for the first time in a year. Yeah. And it was great. It was really fun. Yeah. We had a, cup, felt, a couple of other people. We all wore masks. Yeah. Sat except apart. when we were crunching on our popcorn. Yeah. We spaced out in the big theater. Yeah. Literally um, three other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I felt like the theater was doing a really good job of, of you know, keeping it as safe as possible. Yeah, and, sure. And, you know. So sure, but it was um, it was great. It was really fun. It was we watched a movie that was not great, which I loved. I mean, it was fine. It was it was good. It was like perfect for that situation. Exactly, like. that's what yeah. I mean. Is that it was like perfect for that situation. It was the first time I'd been to the movies in a year. Yeah, felt a little emotional. It was great. <laughs> loved it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Do I wish the movie theaters were closed and being subsidized by the government to stay closed so that we would stop the spread of COVID nineteen while we maybe. Instead, prioritized opening schools. Yes. Yes. I do wish that. Yes. Um, but we live in hell. <laughs> so, anyway, great <laughs> birthday present. Truly and 
really. Truly and really. Truly and really. <laughs> Truly scripture. Words are kind of my thing. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You Great. are You are a writer of the words. Well, but we didn't just... Oh, so the movie we saw was The Little Things, which was not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally fine. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like, not great, but I would also say worth a watch. Had like, a good time watching it. Yeah. At the end, it was all about how cops are misunderstood wonderful people. And it was well, very... <laughs> Um, who've been through hard times. Sure. So cut on some slack. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I did, I did enjoy it a lot, even though the movie I would not say is like great. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Sorry. Moving on. Guys, guess what we did? What did we do? We watched two movies. Wait, how many? Two. Not one. But Two. Not three. Um, but two. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> this week we watched uh, Bend It Like Beckham from 2002 and Stop Making Sense from 1984. Yep. Um, we one, did. One movie that Mike had not seen and one movie that I had not seen. Yeah. Perfect ep. Perfect episode. Oh, no. I just realized the end of this is going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. Anyway. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Bend It Like Beckham. So, as I said, 2002, directed by, ooh, I'm so sorry, Gurinder Chadha? Yeah. Gurinder Chadha? Yeah. Okay. Um, IMDb summary, two ambitious girls, despite their parents' wishes, have their hearts set on careers in professional soccer. They do. They do. Although... Uh, this film is set in uh, England, so yeah, <laughs> football. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, sure. Um, yeah. So bend it like Beckham. I, I don't. I didn't see it in the theater. No. No. But I. But I definitely saw it. You know, rented it later or or something right. like that. Um, and I loved it. That's why we own it. It's, I loved it, and I've watched it several times. Kind of a, it's 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 a comfort movie for me. I'd say sure. it's like a good like. Oh, I know this will be a nice time. Yeah, <laughs> and it will, and it really will. Um, uh, I don't remember anything about putting it in. What does it look? It's just like a. Uh, it's just like the menu. Why don't I remember anything about the menu? I know it has like cute features on it. Yeah, it has some. I, I'm looking at my notes about the menu, and it says, right chuffed in it. Right. She's a fit bird. <laughs> like, it's all, like, I'm just, like, I was just writing just writing down. on phrases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, it has cute features, like, little features, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and then also, the like. recipe. Yeah, a, a recipe for alu gobi. Right. Uh, which is really cute. Um, also, guys. Lady director, lady, lady director. director. We love a lady director. <laughs> we do. We really do. <laughs> I really. I'm. We've had. We've not had nearly enough lady directors. No. We've had more than I expected. I know, right? <laughs> Which is lovely. Lovely. We not nearly enough. A a pittance <laughs> in the percentage. Yes. Of our films, but uh, but I am always glad when. When they One pop comes up. up. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so yeah, so it, we've got it's just uh, very infantilizing and like I'm so cute when they make a little movie. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not what I meant, sorry. Um so we've got uh Kira Knightley, little baby Kira Knightley. Yeah, they're all babies. We've got little oh baby gosh. Jonathan Reese Myers, right? Right. 
Um, oh, what is uh, the main? What's just Jess's name? Je, yeah, what's Jasmine's name? Her name is Parminder Nagra. Parminder Nagra. Yeah, she's great. She is great. It is. I remember, and I can't remember if this is how big a deal this was, but I remember a conversation happening after this movie mm-hmm. where people were kind of like noticing that oh, Kira Knightley became a huge international movie star in the Pirates movies and all this mm-hmm. stuff after this breakout role and that did not happen to Parminder Nagra. It did not. Who is she, the lead and who is just as good in the yeah. movie. Yeah, and she was in a, um, she's been in a couple of things but not like Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mean, oh, she was on ER. <laughs> right. And it, it seems like she's worked. You yeah. know what I mean, but it doesn't she didn't become an international sensation in the same way and I think that's probably cuz racism yeah. Um, Probably. Institutional, also, you know. Yeah. Also, she is, I think, almost a decade older than Kira Knightley, despite oh, wow. the fact that they're playing the same age and they look it in they the do. film. They do. But she is actually, I think, almost a decade older. So it might be some ageism as well. Right. But it's the three of them are the main characters and they're mm-hmm. all great. And they seem, Kira Knightley seems like, I don't know, 18 or something like that. Yeah. She's pretty young. Yeah. And um, anyway. Okay, so Jasminda comes from a pretty traditional Indian family. She's got a sister who's getting married through all of this, and her mother is very, very traditional. Her father works at Heathrow, um, and Jasminda just wants to play soccer, essentially, and has, I mean, like, school is different there, which is a weird and stupid thing to say, but she's at the point where she's waiting for her her grades, yeah, to see about going into college. Uni, they call it. Yes, uni. They, over there, they call it uni. <laughs> um, but uh, so she's at that point in her life, and her mother is very much, you have to grow up. You can't keep playing with the boys. There's a lot of uh, girls versus boys and uh, kind of family tradition stuff going on. Uh, and then you've got Kira Knightley's family who – her dad is really into her playing soccer and her mom is is like a girly girl and just wants her to be a girly girl and whatever. But everyone loves one another and it's all lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so the two of them are playing for a football team uh, and they like travel a little bit, but Jasmine has to keep like sneaking out and lying to her family about it. Um, and... Uh, Things happen. There's a little bit of romance in there. Love triangle. Yeah. There's, it's very, it's very, I feel like there was a period, and maybe I'm just thinking of Billy Elliot, but Mm. like, I feel like there was a period where this kind of British working class comedy Mm -hmm. about uh, no son of mine, no daughter of mine is going to do this. And, um, uh, maybe I'm just thinking of Billy Elliot. The full Monty also came to mind, but that's not about parents and stuff like that, but it's like working class kind of comedy about this what uh, you're supposed to be doing yeah, versus, versus what, following your heart and your yep, dreams and all exactly, that yeah yeah exactly yeah um and it's got so it it's uh i had never seen it before right and i found it extremely charming and wonderful Yay. and a good time <laughs> the big reveal of the big how, reveal. Did mike how did feel? mike feel um but i i really enjoyed watching it it was great they mm-hmm. were all great yeah um it's not, I don't know why I never saw it. I think I always heard it was pretty good and just never got there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, maybe 
racism, could be sexism, could be... That's a, a girl movie about girls. A disinterest in sport of any kind. Yeah, there is that. Um. <laughs> I will say, though, like, watching it, it's funny because... And this happens to me, I feel like, a lot, is that watching, um, watching sports in movies and films and television shows makes me want to watch that sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and like yep. on the hierarchy of sports, soccer slash football is like a pretty exciting one. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like stuff is happening all oh, the I'd time. I'd so much rather <laughs> watch soccer than Like football. baseball? Baseball I like. But Baseball's so boring. <laughs> baseball I like because it's the one sport where I actually like have a nostalgic, like I went with my grandfather to the oh, Phillies yeah, games yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I enjoyed that. Um, and then I got really into baseball for one season, and the Phillies got in the World Series, yeah. and then they lost to the Toronto Blue Jays, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm done with sports forever. <laughs> uh, that's enough for me. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I think is very, that was interesting about the movie, mm-hmm. was that there's like real chemistry between Keira Knightley and Jess, yeah, the the lead girl. Like mm-hmm. they are, they are. Um, I, I expected them. I was like, I was like, where is this going? Is this going to be Are they them, hook up? them getting together yeah. or not? And then it doesn't turn out to be that. No. It doesn't turn out to be that in a way that's like believable and fine and doesn't. And, but there is a lot of like queer confusion happening yeah. in the yeah. movie, like all around, like her, Jess's parents hear from people in the neighborhood that she's been kissing a boy, and it turns out that the boy that she was kissing was Kira Knightley, who had short hair. Yeah. So that is like uh, some confused, some like Shakespearean Forest of Arden kind of confusion happening there. Yeah. And then with Kira Knightley's character, Jules, mm-hmm. her parents hear that she's gay. It, no, it's it's that. So so both of the girls have oh, a I crush on their yeah, coach, yeah, Jonathan Reese Myers, and um. Jess doesn't kiss him, but it looks like she's kissing him. There's a lot of mistaken kissing in this movie. Yeah. Um, Smooch is flying. Yeah. They should have called this movie Smooch is flying. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so Jules feels, you know, betrayed by that. And they've had this really close friendship. And then they have a falling out. And Jules' mom overhears the two of them talking and Jules saying, you betrayed me and thinks that you don't know what love is. Yeah. And like infers that the two of them were in a relationship and that's why they're fighting. Um, and then she's inconsolable that her daughter's gay. And then she interrupts the sister's wedding in the end and all this stuff happens and finds out that she's not gay. And it's played off as like, kind of a funny misunderstanding. Right. Well, but here's... In, what, a, in an interesting way. Sorry. Yes. Well, and here's why... Because I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. Because um, before it happened, I was trying to remember exactly how that scene goes. And I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those things where it's like the, the butt... Where the point of the joke is that she's a lesbian. Do you know what I mean? Are we making fun of, of yeah. queer people? And I don't think that that is what's going on in this film. And I don't no. know if I'm giving it too much credit. I would love to hear what you think. But it feels like the joke of it is the mother reacting the yeah. way that she does. And that's the, like, because even when the mother comes out and says, like, like, you know, like she, there's a line where she says, because the Jules lets Jess borrow her mom's shoes for the wedding. Mm-hmm. 
And then she says, like, get my shoes off your lesbian feet or something right. like that. And like, and Jewel says, I'm not a lesbian. Right. Like, we were fighting over our coach, a guy yeah. that we both like. Joe, man. Joe, Joe, man, a Joe. And it was just like so funny. And then the the and then the mom's like, Oh, okay. Well, I did, you know. So it doesn't, so even in the reaction of like, of like, I'm not a lesbian, there's no like. Ew, I'm not a lesbian. Ew, I would never. And and the relationship between the two girls, the whole movie, it's funny that you say that you felt like it was going somewhere and that the chemistry there is really good because for me, um, it's a relationship that I recognize that, that teen girl friendships are really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And most of the time have nothing to do with sexual attraction, but especially in a situation like that where you're both passionate about one thing and you found each other because of that, that relationship gets so intense. Yeah. Um, And I think the movie handles all that. Everything we're talking about, mm -hmm. it doesn't ever feel to me like being gay is the butt of a joke. Right. The one thing I'll say is that like the mother learns nothing and is, is like, gets kind of gets away with being a horrible homophobe but like not every movie has to be like an Aesop fable where the the aunt learns its lesson at the end like right it's i'm not saying like she doesn't go to prison right so the movie's bad yeah <laughs> you know what i mean well, and I also it just feels it like that was and i don't i'm not i'm not even criticizing anything about the movie it's like mm-hmm. that was the one it it danced on a really weird line and pulled it off i think mm-hmm. i think but i'm not gay maybe it was not like great. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I also, and you know, again, with the same caveat of like, I don't know how this plays to other people, but I don't know that it, that I was looking at the mother as being a raging homophobe necessarily. Like she had a reaction, um, when she thought her daughter was gay. Um, and it wasn't good and I'm Mm -hmm. not excusing it, but it felt more in line with the, it being a culmination of like, I want my daughter to be this girly girl who's into dresses and makeups, 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 makeups. I want my daughter to be a girly girl who's into dresses and makeup and cute bras. And she just wants to play soccer. And it was more of a, that coming to a head for her. Like, Mm -hmm. and not that this is better, I guess, but like, as a like, Oh, she'll never be a girly girl because she's a lesbian. Even yeah. though that's like, oh, that's a whole other bag of, of <laughs> oh god, we really not true. Gone down a road. I know. Anyway, no, but it's just an interesting thing to look at, especially for a movie from two thousand two, yep. where it was super popular to have that be about a joke. Because there's another uh, queer character um, who comes out. It's Jess's friend yep. that she plays a guy who she plays soccer with, and there's a lot of jokes throughout the movie about him being her boyfriend. Um, and then he comes out to her and she's just kind of like, uh-huh. Okay, great. About my problem though. Right. Which is like, it's just very cool. I think it's handled really well in this yep. movie, especially for a movie from 2002. Yep. It's funny that we're immediately in this like tornado of talking about queer issues and gay themes in the movie, which is like not what the movie's about <laughs> at all. Yeah. And not at all, like, really what it's doing. It's just a funny thing that we find ourselves there because I think that the movie's, like, living in that space but not 
going all the way, obviously. Right. Well, and I think, but I think it's also, you know, I think it's because one, the time period. So you're bracing yeah. yourself for the worst. Two, it's uh, written and directed and, and features an Indian family. And I think, at least for me, culturally, I feel like there's a, there are a lot of cultures that are even less accepting of homosexuals than Americans are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting to see another culture approach it that way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Is that horrible what I just said? I don't think it's horrible. <sighs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> footy. <laughs> um, so I think that on the portrait of the family in the mm. movie and the Indian culture that they're, uh, that, that, that the film, the movie's portraying and all this stuff. I found it the way it does all that stuff really great and like really mm-hmm. fun and interesting. And like, it felt very, the movie itself felt very like, you know, torn between these two worlds and how much do we assimilate and all this stuff in like this really awesome interesting fun way mm-hmm. what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that i think there's like movies nothing to do with um with cultural differences or or ethnicity or race or anything like that where that can that can be in this mold that say like my family we're a little crazy <laughs> like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. we're like a little nuts. Like this, you know, these people, but I love them, but you know. It, yeah. And I feel like this movie was more Bennett like Beckham is more complex than that and is more like obviously I love my family. Obviously here's these things that are great. Here's also these things that are not great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? About any family that was felt universal and cool and fun and less like like can you believe my crazy Indian family? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense now. No, it does. No, it does. It was, it's nice to just kind of be, to experience what that dynamic is in an Indian family without it being, without anyone kind of trying to kowtow or make it feel okay and be like, be like, I get that it's weird though. I get that it's weird. You know what I mean? It feels like, yeah. Hand holding, but you don't need handholding because uh, right no i'm not you know saying I, mean? I need handholding no, I'm, I'm saying not, that I'm ge- not, that yeah. it you, oh. that's something um no i but i do think that in general you have a lot of that uh, for example what's the show called oh never have i ever mindy kaling show yeah and lang fisher show also yes <laughs> um shout out shout out to lang um uh, it's a great show. I love that show. Yeah. Um, and, but there is a lot of that and it's, it's built into the plot of the, of the show, but there is a little bit of that kind of, um, Indian culture versus American Indian culture mm-hmm. and, and that coming and butting heads and like, sh- like sh- trying to play to an American audience by saying like, look at this weird quotey fingers thing uh-huh. that my Indian family does. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a little bit of that happening again. It's built into the plot, so it really makes sense. But Bend It Like Beckham doesn't do any of that. It's right. just... Right, right, right. You know? It's not that dated as a movie. It's not, weirdly. I expected it to be a lot more dated. Well, the, 
Okay. Some really good early 2000s fashion going on in this film. But yeah. because it features mostly Indian families and, you know, like the kind of traditionally um, Indian fashion is not something that I would recognize if it has changed a lot since right, the early right, right. 2000s. But the, the you know, American style that you see in the movie is very like wow like the british teens like yeah uh, yeah. the british and some of the indian teens like in their everyday lives and then oh yeah those girls in the park yeah exactly um i was gonna say that the the soundtrack has like some great songs on it Mm -hmm. and then also has some real like early 2000s like i don't know like fat boy slim like kind of (laughs) strange club music yeah in the scenes where it's like it feels like there was a time in cinema when cinema <laughs> cinema <laughs> when it was like fisheye lenses and uh crazy house music and stuff and there's a little mm. bit of that happening sometimes in like the soccer sequences and stuff that feels a little dated but besides that i expected it to feel way more like okay i'll blackberry you yeah or whatever <laughs> All black. Isn't that what teens you. said back in the day? In the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean what? You mean when we were teens? <laughs> yeah, when we were teens, it was like pager. Yeah, I'll pager you. I'll pager you only if you were <laughs> one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I thought, and I, I think that was interesting. And I'm only saying this because I feel like, you know, we've been watching the <laughs> watching the OC and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and this movie had a really good balance of, of, uh, the parents in Mm -hmm. it and because they're a huge part of the story, obviously, but also not getting overwhelmed in like, like I felt like I could see the parents story without spending 20 minutes with just the parents on screen when this story is about the, the teens. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the dad. Yeah, I, I like had such affection for the dad, and then <laughs> I the probably the most emotional I felt in the movie was because he tells this story throughout the movie about how he, like the mother is very unsupportive of her soccer career. Mm-hmm. The father is kind of begrudgingly like wants to support but doesn't, and has these conflicted feelings because when he got to London near Heathrow, wherever they live, mm-hmm. um, he tried to join a cricket club, and the white people there were very. Uh, racist towards him and exclusionary and wouldn't let him play with them and stuff. Yeah. And then, so he doesn't want that for his daughter. Right. And he comes around and learns like, no, she's good at this. She doesn't have this problem that I had and I need to not put my shit on her. Yeah. And then the, the last shot of the movie, mm-hmm. the last shot of Bend It Like Beckham is him playing cricket with people, like with white people essentially, but yeah. like with people out front in the like lawn area. Mm-hmm. Got me, man. Yeah, it fully got me. I Aww. was like, I was like feeling like um, very emotional <laughs> to see him playing cricket. I, I don't love know. that. Even though cricket looks like nonsense, yeah, I, I have no what idea what that is. I cannot imagine <laughs> what it is, having seen this little bit that I saw, and then like in my lifetime, yeah, I cannot fucking imagine what the rules <laughs> of cricket are, and I don't care to. Yeah, I think that the, another thing that's really fun and interesting about this the movie is that, and I, I guess this is the writing and maybe a little bit of the acting is that it, it does the thing where it's like hugely dramatic, mm-hmm. but then somehow it doesn't ramp it up into ridiculousness. So for example, it's like 
Jules, the Karen Knightley character, has seen Jess kissing the coach, is mad about it, is like still playing football, but is like, you know, not speaking to the coach, not speaking to Jess. And then coach calls her in for a meeting to let her know that there's an American scout coming to watch them. Yeah. And that she has to go and try and convince Jess and her parents to come play. And before he can tell her that the American coach is coming, she kind of has this outburst because she's mad that he kissed someone else. And she's like, you can't, you can't bear to see anyone else succeed because you can't. Because there's a whole thing with where he hurt his knee so he can't play anymore. And that's why he coaches. And he just responds with like, no, no, the American, they're coming. That's why you're, that's why I'm talking to you. And she just kind of goes like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. And it's just like this weird, like, it just feels very real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you would have that outburst. Like that character would have that outburst because she's so angry. Right. Both because she likes him and he kissed someone else. And because she wants to play soccer and he's, she thinks he's been lying about uh, a scout coming to watch them. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that she would have that outburst, but then to like have that kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, that's why the <laughs> last spoiler alert. I mean, we're not really talking about that, but, but that's why when Jonathan Reese Myers shows up at the airport in the last scene, uh-huh. it like doesn't work. It's like one of the only things that really doesn't work Yeah, because it doesn't feel real. He shows up essentially to, Say that he wants to still be with Jess long distance while she goes to college. Right. And also to tell her that he's going to, he got a job and he's going to tell his dad about it or something. Yeah, there's like something. a whole plot with him as strange But it was like, dad okay, yeah, yeah. this could have been an email. This could have been a, <laughs> a phone call. You don't run to the airport. Again, post 9-11, you don't yeah. run into the airport. Up to the gate. Up to the gate. Yeah. Even if you look like Jonathan Rees Myers, <laughs> weird vampire that he is. Yeah. So that that was the only like false note. Like yeah, really it, false note. It felt like, oh, this is also a rom com. We gotta yeah. we gotta have that. And I think thing. it stood out because so much the rest of the movie is so like real, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they do such a good job. Yeah. Great. Great. Bend it like Beckham, man. Bend it like a Beckham. Bend it. Bend it like a Beckham. <laughs> Bend it like a Beckham. All right. So, what's the connection? Okay. Kind of a tough one. I was going to say, because I don't know how you did this. Does not have a ton of actors in it. No. But, Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. Bend it like Beckham's Kira Knightley, yes. stars with Jake Gyllenhaal in a movie called Everest, which I didn't see. No. But it's about mountains. I'm going to guess. <laughs> one mountain in particular, I'd say. Yeah, you know what? Mountains, singular, not one. <laughs> uh, mountain. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is in John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch with David Byrne. There you go. So Well done. Stop Making Sense. He's definitely in Stop Making Sense. <laughs> that we know. Truly is. So our next movie is Stop Making Sense from 1984, directed by Jonathan Demme. IMDb Summary. An innovative concert movie for the rock group, The Talking Heads. It's not The Talking Heads, it's Talking Heads. So, that's wrong. <laughs> well then. Uh, excuse me, IMDb. <laughs> have a couple notes. Um, I don't think I knew that. I don't know that I was like firm in thinking it was The Talking Heads. But... Sure. 
But now, I would not have caught that, is what right, I'm saying. And now you'll never forget it. And I'll never forget it. Talking heads. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, this is a Blu-ray. Blu-ray, baby. A Blu-ray. And it's got a lot of cool features on it. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. It looks really nice. It's got a lot of cool features. It's got, like, um, a couple extra songs. A couple, like, a I think a commentary track, which I'm excited to actually listen to, because I didn't realize it was on there. Mm. But anyway. Um... And, oh, it's got, like, a really, like, very long press conference from the 90s where they, like, screen the movie and watch it. Anyway. So this is Stop Making Sense. It's a concert film. Mm-hmm. Our first concert film. Indeed. Uh, and it's from a 1984 or 1983, late 1983, anyway, concert that the, that, oh, I almost just did it. I almost just called them The Talking Heads. Oh, my God. Fake fan. Yeah. (laughs) The Talking Heads did at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. So, not only had you seen this before, yeah, but you are also a fan of Talking Heads. Yeah, and the movie. And just real quick, before you launch into your experience of it, mm-hmm. I the first time I saw it was in college, mm-hmm. and I they screened it at, like, the student center or something like that yeah and a bunch of people went and like oh that'd be really treated fun. it like a concert essentially yeah and it was very fun yeah and was like formative for me in college in college you know? exactly. yeah and like i can super, see that that would be super fun super super fun yeah. and then i've seen it a couple times since then. sorry yeah no no i was just gonna say and i had not seen this and uh, would not call myself a fan of Talking Heads. I would not call myself an anti-fan. Like no, I wouldn't yeah. say that I don't like the Talking <gasps> Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I don't like Talking Heads, but uh, it's it's certainly not not so, not someone I reach for, right, per sure. se. You'll reach for tests. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, so going into it, I was really like... Uh, like not like dreading it or anything, but very much like, oh, is 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 a concert movie for a band that you don't want to see or have any connection to? Right. What is there anything to get out of a concert movie of that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I really liked it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't know that I need to see it again, right, but sure. I I it was it's. It is a really well done concert movie. I think that's yeah. like one of the things about it is that it's like a, it's kind of lauded as like the, the best standard, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, not only is it shot in a really cool way, um, but also uh, the concert itself is really good. Yeah. I mean, he's like high energy. You yeah. To like literally there's a song where the entire band and backup singers and everyone is just like running for right. the whole song. Right. And you're just Doing, like, Jesus. Yeah. They're drenched in sweat. Um, he does this really, the concept for the concert is very cool where it starts and it's just him on stage with an acoustic guitar and he puts down a boom box, like yeah. a boom box, you guys, yeah. <laughs> like a actual boom box. Yeah. Um, and there's not like, you can see all the way straight back to the end yeah, of the there's stage. No stage. There's like equipment it, yeah. on it. Like it's just nothing. And then as each song goes along, we add band members, we add backup singers, we add instruments, we add the stage. And, Lighting, and so yeah. by maybe the fourth song in it's, it's set up. Right, it's like a for full real concert. A real concert. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it, I was like, oh, this is, the, the the theater nerd in me was like, this is very theatrical and I yeah. love this. This is brilliant. Um, 
here's a question that I have for you. Yeah, please. Um, and and it's gonna come out not great, but <laughs> it's not. That's not what I mean. Why do you like Talking Heads? And I don't mean that in a God. Why do you like them? But in, no, in a genuine like, what is it about? Because you. It? You like like them like them. <laughs> yeah, I so, really do. I tell me why. I, I first of all, it's just like I love the songs, mm-hmm. and I think that I have. I mean, I, I kind of grew up with Talking Heads, I guess. But oh, I, really? But I don't really like that. I don't associate them with like as much as I. Uh, you know, I think everyone has like artists that they associate with growing up, and like for most people, it's like either. Springsteen or Elton John or Billy Joel. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everyone has some weird, especially in the Northeast, has sure. some weird combination. I have a real memory of like Elton John all over my house and obviously like John Prine all over my house and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Talking Heads was always kind of in the background for me. Like, okay. like I kind of knew about them. Your and, parents listen to Talking Heads? Yeah, yeah. We have some records from them over there nice. that were there. And like, and I mean, they were, I, I, I always loved them, but then in college I got really into them. Mm-hmm. And I just, first of all, I just love like new wave music. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they are, they have this weird thing where like it's firmly new wave. It like started at CBGBs with all those people and like, um, you know, they opened for like the Ramones and the punk scene and then like Blondie and like all these things and like came up in that same scene. But then, it's like, so it's firmly got that new wave thing with the synths and like all that weird sound. Mm-hmm. But then also it's timeless because they're just so doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like nothing sounds like it. Yeah. Well, that's, it's me. funny that you say that because you said new wave and I was like, that's what it is. Because I couldn't, I wrote down, what kind of music is this even? Because <laughs> I literally, I couldn't come up with anything. And what I wrote down was not quite queer because right, it yeah. felt like Bowie adjacent. I, I wrote down, I wrote down <laughs> David Burn is David Bowie who's never had sex. <laughs> yes. And I don't mean that as an insult. Yes. Yeah. So I but I but New Wave is that's what it is. You're yeah. right. Well done. Well done. Um <laughs> but yeah, I I it is it is its own thing. Yeah, it's very firmly its own thing. I think it slaps. <laughs> I think it goes like like I think of talking heads and you kind of think of them as like nerds and like a math exercise or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then watching it I was just like yeah, let's go. <laughs> you were let's, bopping. Let's fucking go. Yeah, and I definitely knew more songs than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I play them a lot too. So like maybe some of the lesser known songs too like you well but i also feel like they talking heads feels like um real soundtrack music like cool soundtrack music <laughs> yeah, do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, i yeah. mean yeah i mean i'm sure like this must be the place it's probably on a million soundtracks which one is that um like oh god the really beautiful one <laughs> <laughs> um i'm not gonna sing it uh sing it sing it sing it sing it Home is where I want to be. Lift me up and turn me round. I come home. She lifted up her wings. I guess that this must be the place. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that okay, one. Yeah. That was beautiful, babe. I messed up the lyrics there, I'm sure. <laughs> um, 
that song is on a million soundtracks. I think there's a movie called This Must Be The Place. Like, I think everyone loves that song mm-hmm. because it's one of the greatest songs. That's the like... Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. Between the two of us. I am a synth. Who needs talking heads? Who needs it? Um, no, so... so It was really cool. Um, uh, you've got... There's, there's three of them are the main... Members, I think three right? or four. So I think f- there's a fourth. So there's David Byrne, obviously. David Byrne. Tina Weymouth. Yes. Chris France, the, who's drummer. the drummer. And Jerry Harrison is like the other guitarist slash keyboardist. Right. Did he like come later or I something? I think he came al- I, I'm. I, the, here's the thing about me. Uh-huh. I like. <laughs> what's, the, what's the thing about you, babe? No, is that like I like. <laughs> I love so many things and then I just don't know about them. Yeah. And I feel like people like. No, people who nerd out about stuff know all the trivia about these things, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I have that thing. Like I love the talking. I oh fuck, I <laughs> love Talking Heads so much, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that much about them. But anyway, there are plenty of things that you know all of the things about, though. I guess so. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Jerry Harrison came a little later, but I could be wrong. Okay, is the point. Um, but like the two backup singers were great. So great. There oh my was God. like there was like a guy on synth the whole time. Yeah. And then there was a guy who did percussion the whole time. Mm-hmm. But also like ran around the stage and was doing some backup vocals yeah, and, he was and great. running around. And then there was the guy who had I don't know, I guess it must have been an, an electric guitar. I don't think mm-hmm. it was a bass. I think the only the what's her name? Tina? Tina. Tina is the only bass on stage, I think. Yeah. And her you know, watching this and watching i watched a compilation of music videos and performances and stuff the yeah. day before because i was <laughs> getting excited yeah um called talking heads chronology which is a great dvd if <laughs> it's like such a good dvd anyway um watching so her baseline is like the backbone of the whole band in mm-hmm. a way that i think like like it's i get why this happened and I think it was cool. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you don't, she doesn't get to be on stage for Psycho Killer mm-hmm. is like a bummer. <laughs> in a weird <laughs> way. Um, but watching, and I think this happens whenever you go to, I mean, we should talk about this in a minute about like the liveness of shows and how we miss that. Mm-hmm. But whenever you go to a live show, you hear things in the music that you didn't hear before because yeah. of the mix is different and you're actually seeing people the action of the music being performed. And so it, right, and things out, are different. Things right. are happening differently. It brings yeah. it out differently. And the baseline especially mm-hmm. is just like, it just jumps out to me as like the thing, the, the almost as big a part of talking heads as David Byrne is. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, and just like, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> she's like this little teeny girl mm-hmm. just wailing on the bass. And it's like, yeah. Very cool. It's one of the, it's the kind of thing that I look at it, I'm just like, man, I will never be that cool. <laughs> yeah. Never. Yeah. Can <laughs> I tell a quick uh, industry story? Oh my God, I can't wait. So when, so three years ago we moved to this house mm-hmm. and there was a storm in March mm-hmm. and it destroyed our car and it cut out our power for several our days. car that we had just bought. Exactly. And uh, it, took out our power for several days. You guys had to go to a hotel. I had to stay here and bail out the sump pump in the basement every few hours in the freezing cold. It was a whole in thing. In the dark. It was bad. And I couldn't go to work. And I worked at Colbert at the time. Mm. And I had written a sketch for David Byrne. Oh. That week. 
that was David Byrne doing a commercial for his big suit emporium <laughs> because of this movie, because he gets where he has the iconic big suit. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't be there for it. And it was a bummer. Yeah. They did it. They shot it. Uh huh. They, the, um, the power came out, sorry, the power was out for several days and came back on Mm -hmm. and it was that night. I think it was Friday night. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was turn on the TV and like saw it on TV. Now when it aired, they cut out like for time or whatever. I don't know what happened in the editing process because I wasn't there. Uh And they cut out some stuff from it that made it make not, not make any sense to me. (laughs) So I was like kind of bummed about it, Uh but it was also very cool. And then the fact that I couldn't be there, my friend Aaron Cohen got me, he like got David Byrne to sign a record for me. He just put out American Utopia and he got it, got it signed for me. And it's like framed in my office as a thing. But anyway, that is like a, I was, I'm I'm sure you can look it up. The sketch that I wrote, it's called David Byrne's, a big suit emporium or something we can link it we can link it i'm not super proud of it so <laughs> just because some stuff got cut out of it and maybe it didn't like i wasn't there i don't want to judge whoever cut it yeah um maybe it didn't work it's fine i'm fine <laughs> but they just like it, it got like i remember and i, I haven't looked at it since because i was so bummed yeah but like a critical line in the middle got cut out so that the second half didn't make any sense. Oh. And I was like, oh, so. I'm sure it was lovely. Anyway, is it an interesting story? No, but it happened. It happened. <laughs> it's a story that happened. Um, um, I learned something new while watching it. Yeah. And that is, so uh, Tina and the drummer have... Chris uh, France, yeah. Have and another- they were together. I don't know if they, like they, they were together as a couple. Of, <laughs> I put my fingers together to indicate togetherness. Hooked to the fingers yeah. together. Um, but they had a, they have another band yeah. called... Tom Tom Club. Tom Tom Club. And they played one of their songs. And it is... Um, Mariah Carey sampled it for uh, Fantasy yeah. with uh, ODB. And it was yeah. just like... I was like, I didn't realize this was a sample. Yeah. And it's like apparently with their blessing and everything, mm-hmm. like I looked, you know, they're credited as writers on it because they literally just straight sampled the song. Yeah. Like it's the, it's a hip hop version of that song. Right. Exactly. Genius. Genius of love. Yeah. yeah. Genius of love. Um, but that's such an interesting part where, so the, the, it's the encore break is a Tom Top Club song. Like David Byrne goes away. To change into the big suit. To change into the, hey guys, have you heard about this big suit? <laughs> it's large. It's big. <laughs> You've seen normal suits? Think bigger. Um, So he goes away, and instead of an encore break, it's a Tom Tom Club song, which I think is... So, look, David Byrne, you know, you hear stories, seems like a very lovely person. Also, of course, there's, like, animosity in the band sometimes. There always is. You hear stories, people felt pushed to the side, people... Like, I'm not... I, like... I begrudge no one anything in life ever. <laughs> um, but I did think it was a cool thing that yeah. like she got to be the Tom, Tom, that Tom, Tom club, Chris and Tina got to like be have featured. Yeah. This awesome moment, which is like just as good as any talking heads moment. And the full mm-hmm. backup situation is there for them. And like, it's very cool. I really love that. It's there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean the whole the whole 
concert is really great. There's a lot of like lighting stuff that they do and projections and and like as a as a movie, it, they do a really great job of of including the audience but not necessarily showing that they're playing to an audience. Does that make sense? No, because, I wrote that, yeah. Because then it, I feel like that is a is a neat trick of, of making you, the viewer, feel like you're there. Yeah. Of like, see, there's an audience here, and right. you are part of that. But if you just show them playing to an audience, then you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm watching a thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah, and, you know, we, I mean, it also just made me miss concerts, which, like... yeah. Uh, what's the last concert we went to? Carly Rae? I th- it must be. Which was so fun. It was really fun. And so close to so many people just it's sweating. Just like bumping into you. Everyone's wasted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it also made me want to watch. Um, the, I, I, You know, I, I don't have that much experience with concert movies mm-hmm. or like good ones. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. That are just the performance, and that's the skill, too. And I'm not, like, I, I'm not saying, like, there, there's, whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, it made me want to watch Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Oh, yeah. Which I love, and which we saw in the theater. And I remember being such a, like, there were maybe, I don't know, ten people in that theater. I know. And it feeling like this real electric. It a, yeah, like, it was a really small theater, too. And it was just, like, one of those, one of those great movie-going experiences. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Just, like, seeing it in the theater, like, loving it. And I, you know, I don't... And those people... I don't know. I just love that movie. And it made me want to watch that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Yeah, great. I mean, it... Uh, final thought... Yeah. Is that David Byrne and Talking Heads, but David Byrne since Talking Heads also, mm-hmm. seems like a person who is, like, committed to putting positivity out in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like... Um, you know, doing things that are joyful in yeah. a way that doesn't feel forced or fake or anything like that. But it's just like, and that's, this movie to me is just like pure joy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the joy of performance, the joy of collaboration, the joy of like live music, like all that stuff. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. There's a lot of, it, you know, if if there's stuff going on behind the scenes there with the band or whatever, it doesn't translate no, in yeah. any way. And again, I don't know things, so I don't actually know what I'm talking about when I say <laughs> that. I just like, have, you know, there's been, you know, you get it. Yeah. Um, oh, we didn't talk about uh, availability. So is Bend It Like Beckham available? Bend It Like Beckham is on Disney+. Plus. Oh! Why did I not? Is it a Disney movie? It's not. It might be a Fox movie and they bought oh, Disney. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and Stop Making Sense is on Amazon Prime. Okay. So both, both re- available. Pretty readily available. Well. Ooh. You know, I had this feeling when these were the two that we picked I last know, week. I was I like, know. we're going to do, we're going to have another. No, we did the Steve rule. We did the Steve rule now, last look, time. Obviously we have to start getting, we have to, we have to get rid of some of these DVDs. Yeah, we got to yeah. like do our premise sometimes <laughs> i don't feel like this is the week i i can't say it is either because i just <sighs> yeah i feel like we donate because we haven't donated in a while that's that true. was the rule was that's like true. we can't get rid of either we donate we donate and we and did I, steve rule last week right and i don't so we're gonna donate we're gonna donate where should we donate why don't we donate to have we done this before tony's kitchen we have done it before 
Oh. We can do it again, though. Let's do it again. We're going to donate $100 to Tony's Kitchen, which is a local, food bank local here food bank. in yeah. our town in New Jersey. And that's what we'll do. I love that. Great. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> Someday we'll actually do the premise of I the know, podcast. I know. <laughs> well, but like, we like these two movies. And I they're know. Both so this was nice. like a. I, you know, and the thing is, uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, great. Great. Let's, let's move on to next week, shall yeah, we? Let's do it. All right. The food's here. We gotta wrap this up, We gotta up, wrap people. this up. It's 9.30. We haven't had dinner. Ugh. Okay. Um, all right. Here we go. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 790. 790 is from 2011. Margaret, the extended cut. Oh, that's the Anna Paquin one, right? Yep. Which I've actually been meaning to watch again. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. All right. All right. Margaret, extended cut. I have not watched the extended cut, I don't think. Yeah. So I love that. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 907. 907. Ooh. From 1998, Out of Sight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever actually seen that. I... I'm sure I made you watch that at some well, point. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know. Cause I, cause I remember you were like obsessed with it. Like yeah. you were like, this is the best movie ever. Yeah. But I don't remember. Maybe you didn't make me watch it. And I just don't remember anything about it. Well, I definitely haven't seen it in like 10 years. So, and Great. I remember loving it. So Great. And I I'm, love it. I mean, you know, huge soda jerk over here. Because it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Remember, soda uh, jerk is what we're saying. Call, good callback. Yeah. That was great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Margaret and Out of Sight. I'm, I've am i been meaning to rewatch both of those movies, which never happens on the podcast. So Here we I'm go. excited. That yeah. It, like, I remember liking both of those, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Yay. Great. Guys, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the Worldwide Web. Um, I hope that you get uh, some sort of treat today. Candy, a bakery item, french fries, a beer, whatever, whatever you think a treat is, I hope you get it today. Yeah, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. Great. Cool. Come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Thought you were snapping at me. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, over here. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Pay, attention. Pay attention. Focus. Is that the rudest thing that you can do? Snap at someone? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Have you ever been snapped at? I'm sure. <laughs>